Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we bring you a little gem with a great big sound called Big Blue EP by The Mascot Theory. Hailing from Madison, Wisconsin, The Mascot Theory has been around for a while now, but has recently put the pedal down to take their sound from acoustic to rock in zero point, uh, seconds? Oh, oh boy, um, math. Uh, anyway, you get the picture. These guys rock. So let's not waste time splitting hairs and counting seconds. Strap yourself in and hang on tight for the rock and roll ride that is Big Blue EP by The Mascot Theory, tonight on The Sound. And at the end, were you expecting there to be slow decay? Drift Away, and that is a track from the Big Blue EP. It's an album from the Mascot Theory from Madison, Wisconsin. And I have a treat tonight. I have Eric 
Chelland from the band with me tonight on the phone. Uh, hello, Eric. How you doing? I am fantastic. How you doing? Good, good. A uh, little background here. I uh, uh, recently saw you guys <clears throat> um, at the uh, Flannel Fest, I believe, in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, opened up for the Jayhawks, some other great bands there, lots of good people. Um, uh, and and I was just kind of blown away and started talking to uh, I believe it was Corey, uh, one of the guitar players outside, yeah, and um, yeah. ended up kind of meeting all you guys and uh, getting your number. And here we are, you know, to talk awesome. about this album. Um, and you told me there's 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 some other stuff maybe coming out in the future. We'll get to that later, but um, but yeah, we thought we'd go through this album, play it for folks here in our area, and um, yeah. So here we are. Uh, you know that first track. Um, um, really dig that song. What a great feeling it has to it too. And like, so I was looking through some of your, like your bio and stuff on your website and it mentions bands like the Eagles, America's easy top, you know, stones, like classic rock stuff with, with great vocals and harmonies. But it also says at the end of your bio, there's a little tag and it says, and with just a tiny hint of Neil Diamond in the lead vocal for good measure, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's nice. I like that. And then I'm listening through it and I'm like, Oh, holy crap, man. They're not kidding. Like, you know, um, is that, is that Neil Diamond comparison something that you've always heard or did that come about like through performing with this band or, you know, what, what's the story behind that? <laughs> the very first time I ever heard it was when we recorded our, our second album down in Nashville. Um, and I believe that was released in 2014, okay. so about nine years ago. So we recorded down in Nashville, and once we had the album done, I was I had been going down there fairly frequently to to write with other songwriters down there. Some oh, people cool. that I had known from Wisconsin that moved down there, and mm -hmm. just other people. And so at the time, we were I was doing a little bit of networking, and we had this album out. It was our second one, so I was kind of excited about it, and was playing it for different people down there. And one particular person. Um, his his great um, recommendation after hearing this album, and of course this album that we're super proud of, all these songs that I wrote, and you mm -hmm. know, as a songwriter, was very excited. And his big takeaway was, yeah, it sounds pretty good, but I really think you would do great if you just uh, did a Neil Diamond tribute band. I think you'd make a ton of money off of that. And that was the first time I've ever heard <laughs> any kind of a mention of that. Oh, at first wow. of all, I was like ouch that's that kind of yeah it's yeah. kind of a backhanded um, compliment <laughs> like, exactly you so know? it was kind of a running joke for the longest time and then every now and then someone will mention something and i've literally never thought of it in my life until right. that gentleman said that and right. then it just kind of comes up as this joke and uh it keeps happening and 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 kind of fast forward to now with this this big blue ep and we've got like a, you mentioned we've got more songs that are coming all from this session that we recorded down in texas mm -hmm. um as we were leaning into this batch of songs and in the writing process and in the demoing our own demo process, um, we realized that a lot of these songs just sort of had this classic rock uh, flair to, to, to each of the songs kind of pick. And that's kind of, we mentioned all those different artists, you know, there's uh, one right. that's kind of ZZ top. There's one that's a little this, a little that. Right. Um, and so that classic idea of some of these artists kind of popped up and that's, that's what we ended up, kind of tossing into that bio and that yeah that tiny little uh Neil, Neil diamond thing in there just for kicks well that's the funny thing is like because i read it first also and then heard it you know what i mean because after seeing you guys that didn't occur to me but then when i read it i listened differently i think you know you know so it's kind of funny yeah so you guys have been kicking around here in wisconsin for for quite some time about a decade or more um can you take me back to the beginning of the band like how did the mascot theory uh get it start so uh, the bass player in the band, Nick Fry, mm -hmm. he and I have been in bands together for like over two decades, Okay, uh, pretty much now. And um, starting back in just out of college, we knew each other in college. We were both in different bands. And so once we got out of college at UW-Platteville, we both just happened to move to Madison right after that. And then we decided to start a band. Um, we played in that band. It was a bar band. We, we always had originals, but we also did a lot of covers, too, to satisfy the bar band crowds. Um, but, you know, after doing that for about five or six years, it was getting pretty evident that uh, the bar scene wasn't really something that we were going to be able to do with full-time jobs anymore. And, mm -hmm. and also, I, I think I had my first child at that point. So it was ah, really right. hard to come home at bar time and actually have to, you know, Right. Be dad oh, then. The, right. Yeah, the kid, exactly. Yeah, totally. So it, 
not too long after that and a, a few years of going back and forth to Nashville with friends and stuff and doing some writing it was it was the point where we're like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Like I need to play in coffee houses and wineries where I can get home by 10 o'clock. Right. (laughs) And so my bass player and I, he had another band that he had started playing in um, with our current mascot theory drummer as well. Mm -hmm. So they had a band and then we just sort of, I started doing this coffee house thing with a friend of mine from college and just to play in Verona a little bit and, um, wrote some songs, did some random covers and stuff. But again, leaving by 10 o'clock, <laughs> home by 10. Right, and right. one time my, my partner wasn't able to show up to one of the, these shows. So I called up my buddy Nick and said, hey, do you want to bring your band up? At that time, they were doing a bunch of covers that I knew. Um, and they knew some of the stuff I was doing. And so he brought his band up and we all played acoustic and realized very quickly, like, oh, we could all harmonize together. And uh-huh. It was a real folky sound, definitely leaning more into that Lumineers, Mumford and Sons kind right, of right. folk explosion that happened around that time. So we started doing that. And and then, you know, accidentally I grabbed a name off of a list of future band names and I just we wanted to have something to put on the, the poster. So I grabbed the mascot theory and we kind of kept that for the moment. And oh, then wow. eventually we sort of morphed into this actual band where i started writing some songs and i said to the guys you know i think that we have something here you know and then uh-huh. the harmonies and stuff and i have this batch of songs if you're interested in making this kind of a real band at least for an album right i, I love recording writing so mm-hmm. i always have one foot in the next record nice um, so i was just like you guys interested let's do it uh, and so we did so we made an album with a good friend of ours uh, very diy um recorded all over the state in random uh, places and uh, farmhouses and just wherever we could find a space nice. and released it. And then that was kind of the start. And then over those period of that little period of time, we had actually learned how to play as a full electric band where meaning full drum kit and actual bass guitar, you know, like stuff like that, that we mm-hmm. hadn't been doing in the, the acoustic side of thing. We still had our drummers amazing on a cajon drum. So it was always high energy even on the acoustic shows. But yeah. yeah, that was something early on. It just seemed like it was a really cool thing. And that's how it started. Wow. And wow. 12 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, huh? I love it. I love it. What a trip. What a trip. Um, yeah. Well, let's we'll, let's play some more songs for folks and, um, and then we'll talk some more. We want to get into this writing and recording stuff too. You guys got a great story here, I think. Um, I'm here talking to Eric Chellen. Uh, he's the vocalist and uh, guitar player for um, The Mascot Theory. And um, here's the, another tune off the record. The album we're going through is the Big Blue EP, and this is The Wrong Side. And you're listening to it on The Sound right here on 89.5 KQAL.
and I'm okay. I'm feeling pretty good today. As I try to find my place here on the wrong side. was The Wrong Side, and that's a track from the Big Blue EP. It's the latest album from The Mascot Theory out of Madison, Wisconsin. And I have Eric from The Mascot Theory on the phone with me. Uh, Eric, so that song kind of touches on that that kind of feeling of, like, not belonging, you know, the wrong side, like the wrong side of the tracks. Like, you know, um, where'd the inspiration come from that? for that? Is that, like, a, a true story, uh, something you've dealt with, or, you know, what, what's the story behind it? With m- most of how I right uh, lyrically speaking it, it's a lot of there, there might be some specific things behind it uh, mm-hmm. stories and everything but i try to generalize as much as i can so other people can kind of put their head into it a little nice. bit yeah um, i don't do a lot of super specific stuff usually um, and this is kind of that one so this this was kind of like an abstract version of you know when things seem to be going wrong or you're being told you're not doing the right thing, or even in your own head, you think you're not doing the right thing that, that sometimes there is no wrong way, no right, right way. It's right. just life. It's just life. you got to deal with and figure out, move on. If you have to through the, through the dirt and the mud and get through that if you need to. And that's kind of what this is. It's, it's a hold on, you know, you can make it through this thing and no matter right. what anybody else says, no matter what you've done, no matter what, uh, someone's done to you you have to let it go you have to move on and you know easier said than done or easier sung than done but right, yeah that's right. basically what it's about is that well, kind of thing but i like that openness to it where it's it's super relatable that way you know um i yeah. mean i think that's a feeling we can all attest to you know something that's you know where we're feeling down about stuff or held back or whatever um exactly do you guys like how how does the writing work for you do you come up with like uh is it lyrics first or melody or chords or how how does that go down or do you write with the band like how does it go um i actually don't write with the band with this the way that we it it all kind of stemmed from that very first time when i had that first batch of songs that i had already written and just kind of said hey do you want to do these and we did them and that's sort of how we've just kind of always done it then because i I tend to be a pretty prolific writer and i write a Mm -hmm. lot Nice. And, but I also like different styles, which is why even through the big blue EP and on all the songs that will come after that, it's, it's kind of eclectic. It's a mix. So even when we say, you know, classic rock influences, well, that's the most generic and you can possibly <laughs> right, say, right. you know, there, there's so many different styles in rock and roll or R and B or yeah, folk, you yeah. know, folk rock. So right. it's hard to like put a label on it, but I think that's the big thing is it's just when I write, I don't really have constraints and I'm blessed to have band members that trust me okay, <laughs> and yeah, want to yeah. give them a shot. Totally. Know? Totally. And so, so I write the lyrics, I write the words, uh, I write the music and I write everything. And more recently, I just, I've made my own demos at home okay. kind of get them as, as best as I can get them. I used to be very, very sporadic, me and an acoustic guitar. And that was kind of it. And then I went right. to the band and then we'd work it up and practice. And eventually you get there where you get what you want. Right. Um, or you just start playing it live and then figure it out live. Too. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but as, as we've all gotten busier and, um, and especially going through, you know, uh, the pandemic and everything where everybody was stuck at home. I was doing a lot more things from home and writing from home on my own and, and learning more about the demo process and how to how to put drums in and bass and, and actually 
lay down everything that I could possibly think of on these, my own versions of the demos so that it would give a blueprint for the other guys. And they, mm-hmm. they actually dug that, you know, some people would probably be like, no, I don't want my parts written for me. And, and believe me, my parts are not anywhere close to what theirs are going to end up what being, but it's, up, a, right. it's a blueprint. Right. It's, right. A, it's a mediocre blueprint. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so that's how we've just been doing it. And it's been working great because it allowed us, you know, especially with even this big blue EP and the batch of songs that we recorded in Texas, we went down with hoping to get six songs recorded total. We ended up coming home with 15 songs recorded. Oh, nice. So we had way more songs just sitting around ready to go um, because we had previously demoed them with the full band at my house. And that really, really helped us get everything kind of sharpened up to the point where we're ready to go record it if need be. And it happened. Right perfectly so it worked that well Um, and including what i like to do to the band sometimes which usually once an album i'll have a song that they've never heard before or i get inspired in the (laughs) studio and go home and write a song and bring it back on the final day of studio time and say (laughs) hey guys let's try this i know we've been really well rehearsed leading up to this which is great but here's one you don't know and you never know what's going to happen and then we've had songs um one of the songs on this big blue EP is called best is yet to come. That's one of the songs that I wrote the night after we had a session and I brought it to the band and we had a little bit of time the next day and we recorded it. And now it's one of the songs we play the most. Right. And then we tend to do that. And That's that happens awesome. frequently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they well, expect it. Yeah. You got it. Well, you got to inject some variety like that. Right. In your method, I think in your process, you know, yeah, when you're exactly. like, cause you, you'd mentioned this a little bit, like, um, that you try to sketch out the tunes as complete as it can be, but their parts are going to be different than yours anyway. Right. They're going to kind of like expand on it. Right. Um, does that yeah. ever change like the structure of the song too, like in, in happy accident ways or. Almost never, unless we are really trying, you know, we'll, we'll mess with the tempos a little bit. Okay. Um, the biggest thing is if there's a section where it's instrumental, you know, guitar solos, um, and, the next song that you're going to play, uh, I'm thinking is, is probably Lavender Blues. Yeah, yeah. And that particular song has a pretty large uh, instrumental section and a lot of different parts for the, the guitar stuff. I am not a guitar whiz at all. My guitar player, Corey, is one of the best guitar players in the state, right. I would say. Super and fun to watch, too. He's so fun. <laughs> and he's so talented with that rock style right, and blues right. and he's just so good that that particular song was like I, you know, i'm not mocking any of that up in my stuff it's just like here's a section you're gonna play some cool stuff right and right. then he and i worked on it in, in our demoing process with the band and and we would sit down together and you know he's really great at soloing but i'm also really good at you know finding melodies and finding melodies inside and licks and riffs inside of obviously from a lyrical standpoint a music or a Mm -hmm. vocal standpoint but also when it comes to these you know guitar playing i have my favorite guitar player easily hands down is david gilmore or pink floyd and the reason is because those solos you can sing them if you've heard Mm -hmm. them enough times you know them it's it's impressive it's maybe not as impressive as like a super fast amazing picker uh, or you know a hendrix or something with that much Mm -hmm. power his stuff is like purposeful it's melodic and it, to me it's a it's another voice and right. so that's what we were kind of working on was how do we how do I, how can i help this guitar player who's got way more talent in his little pinky than i have guitar mm-hmm. playing wise in my oh. entire body and <laughs> how do we work together and it was perfect and lavender blues was a perfect example of that because we were able to pick out different chunks it was like this is a pretty long solo section so mm-hmm. how can we have movements through the whole thing but not just movements of look how fast I can play, you know, it's what kind of riffs are we doing? What, what can we tie back into maybe the lyric or something else? And and that, that collaboration between the two of us really shined on this entire batch of songs that we did. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that tune in particular, man, really stood out to me live too, because it's exactly what you just said. Like the guitar things that are happening in that song uh, the song reminds me, it's very kind of cinematic almost, you know, it's like setting yeah. the scene, you know, and yeah, it's not like, it's not all blazing fast stuff. Some of it is just super cool melodies, super cool notes placed in the right parts, you know, and um, yeah, just really, really makes for a great live show, um, really shows off the way you guys click together and everything, you know, I think too. Uh, you And you yeah. touched a little bit on, on going down to Texas to record. I want to talk about that, but let's go ahead and play Lavender Blues for folks so they can hear what we're saying, hear what we're talking about here. And then um, then we'll talk about how this all went down. 
Uh, I'm here talking to Eric Chellen, and he's from uh, the band Mascot Theory from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, their latest EP is called Big Blue EP, and we're playing through that right now. This tune is called Lavender Blues, and you're hearing it on the sound on 89.5 KQAL. Like salt in a wound The lavender blues Stings then it hangs Like a cloud over you Disguised as a muse A perennial ruse Under the covers Of the lavender blues Lavender blues Lavender blues When you ain't got nothing You ain't got nothing to lose Get a place by the ocean A room with a view You want a connection So you slip off your shoes One toe in the water Searching for clues Like a python Bad marks with a bruise Wrapped all around you Tighten the screw As you fade into nothing Awake but confused No, you're not dreaming It's just a lavender breeze That was Lavender Blues, and that's a track off the latest EP called Big Blue EP from The Mascot Theory, and I have Eric from The Mascot Theory on the phone with me. Uh, Eric, like I said, that tune just really stood out to me live. Um, Like I said, very cinematic with all the the guitar stuff, like you were talking about how it's written very intentionally as melody and like another voice, right? And um, um, which reminds me of like, and then you also, I know you said earlier, uh, 
that you're really into the writing and recording process, you know? Um, and it sounds like you guys had quite a ride to record. You guys went down to Texas and recorded this at, uh, at Sonic Ranch, I think, right? Yes. Sonic Ranch Studios or something. And, um, and it sounds like you got a lot more out of those sessions than you um, kind of planned. Uh, can you tell us how that all went down? And Oh, and, um, this, and Terry Manning, you know? Yeah, Terry Manning producing. Maybe maybe talk about how this all went down and how you got hooked up with him and and sure. yeah. So it was kind of a happy accident. So we come, we came out of uh, COVID pandemic knowing that we were going to need a new guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, we we had a a guitar player that was with us for a few years. It was amazing, and he but he was also a singer songwriter. Had his own project, and and he was fantastic in the band. We did an album with him. Our last full length album was with him, and then we knew that he was going to be focusing on his other stuff, um, which is awesome. He's so dang talented. So we kind of rehearsed uh, a few different guitar players, had some auditions, um, and we brought it. This is a long, longer story sure, to answer that's your question, right. but that's kind of <laughs> what it is. So, and this is kind of where we brought Corey in. So Corey okay. Swadley played with my drummer and uh, bass player in another band and we've known him for years so we're mm-hmm. all good really good friends with him and i thought there's no way he's going to want to audition for our band we we tend to play quite a bit relatively to some bands around uh, the area so mm-hmm. we just i just didn't think he was going to have the time to do it so i asked him he said uh, yeah i'll try out why not and we knew as soon as he stepped in the door that, that there's no one was going to touch him from a guitar playing standpoint from the skill set <laughs> he was bringing but um and a personality. We already got along really well, really right. good friends already. So that made it the easiest decision in the world. But what we realized quickly is that some of these songs that I had been writing, like I was mentioning, sort of started having this little bit more focus or, or lean towards that classic, you know, the Tom Petty-esque Rolling Stones, just a little right. bit more elevated than the folky stuff that we had been doing a little bit before that. And then also I got this urge to jump from acoustic guitar, which I had been doing for the first 10 years of our existence pretty much. And I just wanted to go back to electric after all these years. So right. I switched to electric. My bass player switched to from upright bass to an electric bass. And so our sound just sort of morphed a little bit. Okay. Um, flash forward a little bit to, um, we were sort of happy accidentally uh, discovered by a, a a man named Chuck Toller, who was a music manager, he used to work way back uh, with Cheap Trick, helping them get going nice. kind of more recently in, in early 2000s or whatever. He did like Mudvayne, some hard rock bands. He did a lot of really wow. cool things. And so he happened upon, and he lives in Wisconsin. So he heard of us and was kind of interested in working with us. And as we were talking, he brought up this you know, relationship with one of the most incredible producers of and engineers of all time, Terry Manning, mm-hmm. um, who had done so many things like uh, mixing Led Zeppelin's three album and uh, Stax records. He was back there in Memphis. And so he was doing the Staples sisters and Booker oh, T cool. and all that amazing stuff wow. back then. But then that sort of morphed and, and big star and all that. Oh, so he, he knew those guys that's... really well. He's a West Texas guy. So he's Very really cool. good friends with big star played with him a little bit, I believe. Um, it, but his career is just huge. So then he goes on to, eventually have a studio in Bahamas uh, called Compass Point where he recorded like Lenny Kravitz, big couple albums uh, nice. he produced and recorded Shakira. And, and, and then of course, they're all around that. He also was around with the Texas scene. He did ZZ tops, you know, first few albums. So mm-hmm. the guy's got a pedigree. And just the fact <laughs> right. that we, we heard the, and knew the stuff that he'd worked on that, some of that, again, that classic rock stuff that we really love and modern rock. Mm-hmm. With right. Lenny yeah. Kravitz yeah. and, pop sensibilities with Shakira and stuff like that. So uh, immediately st- we, we started talking to Chuck and he became our manager. And one of the first things we wanted to see is if Terry had any interest in, in producing us, which is something right. we have not done before. We've recorded uh, six albums or so with this band, I think. Oh, wow. And, um, and this was, but all mostly self-produced or produced by the, the owner of the studio as well as us. Right. And so this was the first time we were going to kind of hand the keys off to somebody uh, when he agreed to do it. And and we're just like, okay, we're really nervous, which is why we were planning to only do six songs because we just had no idea what it was going to be like working with a, a right. quote unquote big time real producer at a big time real studio. Which <laughs> right. is, uh, you know, this Sonic Ranch is was close to Terry's home. So we all, 
we got to do the thing that I've never been able to do. And I've recorded with many other bands, probably over 25 albums, but I've never had the chance to really just sit down with the band in a one session consecutive days, just do it, knock it out. And this was that chance. So this was the most amazing. We did seven days down at Sonic ranch, um, which is like right on the border, just East of El Paso. You can, it's all this pecan farm uh, this goes for miles and miles. And then there's just these studio buildings and, and it's just super isolated. They were it's such a space that you just go in and you are living on this kind of campus area. You're getting food there. You've got catering and st- it's just this incredible experience where it's just, right. you have no distractions. Um, you just do your thing. You know, we do as a business, we just wake up at a certain time. We do a breakfast, right. we do this. And I do granted a lot of bands I'm sure are not, that structured but that's how we work and so Uh it was flawless for us to go down there which is why then yeah six songs was the plan but we realized really quickly that we were going to need more songs Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise we're going to be wasting all this precious studio time (laughs) and doing nothing because it was just moving so quickly and working with terry was incredible the stories he would tell us like most of which we can't repeat right uh, right. (laughs) a lot of them are just incredible and so you know we were just relieved to just realize that all the prep that we had done and all the album recording that we had done in the past really did transfer into this situation and Mm -hmm. we ended up recording in the most comfortable situation we've ever recorded in and it just uber productive so it was amazing and then just randomly right next to ours was chris robinson of the black crows he was recording another band oh nice uh, producing a band so we got to hang out with him quite a bit they were the the later crowd we would kind of wrap up around 9 30 10 o'clock at night they Uh were kind of just getting going so that's kind of where we hung out a little (laughs) bit after our session was done cool Um, very yeah so it was really fun and he loaned me some harmonica and gave me i loaned him and then ended up just giving me some harmonicas because i didn't have any with me down there so i got to use those recording so yeah it was a blast something we'll never forget (laughs) right and then terry actually laid down keys on on that stuff too like some on some of these songs yeah yeah so when we came back we immediately after we recorded everything we realized we really needed to get a keyboard mm, player right, and that's where we right. ended up bringing in our friend brandon um who i didn't even know played keys i knew he, he's a great guitar player as well and i just happened to see a picture or facebook post where he was playing keyboard so i reached <laughs> out immediately like i didn't know you played keys and do you have any interest and and he's been just an amazing addition to the band since then too that we could kind awesome. of work up these songs and these recordings and those parts and and expand on the other stuff that we didn't record the, the older right. stuff too and he's a great guitar player so we can there toss him a guitar every yeah, now and then for yeah. certain things so yeah it's, totally. it's a blast oh that's awesome man what a, it sounds like such a great experience you know um <clears throat> i'm curious like because it sounds like you guys were really well prepared sounds like you were well rehearsed um but then working with terry like that down there did uh did the songs like evolve and change like with, with his input as well or um, surprisingly? No. And oh, that's wow. what we were, cool. I, I was open to it, you know, mm-hmm. as being, being the, the songwriter and the, the kind of lead producer for most of the stuff we've done. And as the band, it, it was nerve wracking a little bit, but it's like, this is Terry Manning. Like we're mm-hmm. going to give the keys to him. If right, let right. him do, let him drive. Right. Yeah. Even if it's like those crazy stories where they just literally tear every song down to its guts and just build them back up. If that was what was going to happen, that was going to happen. But it didn't. It ended up being like the way we recorded, the number of microphones was less than we had done in the past. Oh, cool. Drums and stuff. It's like he knew what he was doing uh-huh. so much that and so old school with why would you do a hundred microphones when you can get however many he ended get up using and put them in the right, right. place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's just the one who's going to mix them. <laughs> right. He's going to mix them later. So he knows he what knows. sound he's looking yeah, for. Yeah. He's got all that experience to know what, what he wants and wow. what's going to sound like later in the mix that it made it easy. And then also the way that we recorded the, the, the specific studio in the Sonic Ranch complex that we recorded in was called Big Blue, which is why the oh, name okay. of the album is cool. Big Blue EP. And that's what's on the cover, too, is oh, that nice. specific studio. So, And it's gigantic. It's the, one of the biggest studios in, that I've ever seen. It's amazing. <laughs> and nice. it's so comfortable yet gigantic. And we barely used a third or a half of the studio <laughs> in the big room. But we were all, because it's so big, we were able to set up as if we were playing live nice. um, without worrying about isolation issues and everything, which I never dreamed that was going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So it made it even more productive for us because we're, we're 
we're a live band. We're used to that. Right. You're used well, to it. Yeah. Well rehearsed uh, from a live standpoint, but also mm-hmm. well rehearsed on the songs. And it, if they're not changing, then we knew this was just going to be. Right. That's why we knew we needed more songs. It was like, yeah. So did you lay a lot of it down live then or? Um, yeah, so typically all the drums are going to be, we'll do a few takes to get the drums. The bass mm-hmm. was recorded at the same time. Uh, my poor bass player had a kidney stone at the time, so oh, but he damn. wasn't stopping him from getting on that. Once the doctor gave him the okay to go, he came cool. with us, and he was able to knock that stuff out and then nap. Uh, right. But he, um, he laid that stuff down at the same time as drums. Everything was recorded at the same time. But then we would do some overdubs in the studio, which is also even a very comfortable thing. We were mm-hmm. right next to the mixing board, right next to Terry, and just we kind of had the amp cranked so loud you don't even want to be in that giant room with how right. loud these amps were. So we didn't have to be in the room with it. We just kind of got to sit next to him and uh-huh. work through him. And it, again, it was just a few takes or one, two, three takes of most of this stuff, and we overdubbed it. And then the only time I ever put on headphones, which was crazy because that's normally what you got to do mm-hmm. was when i had to do acoustic or vocals when you really don't oh, want wow. that bleed, when you're but... in the room with the mic right yeah yeah so wow. even when we recorded live uh, or in the re- the drum part of it none of us had uh, headphones on which is crazy you right. know, so it was literally like a live show very so, yeah, cool it was amazing very cool but we didn't break the songs down they didn't get they didn't get torn down they just right. he liked what we had he liked exactly what because we you know, they're very well thought out is how we do mm-hmm. these things. And, and we, we test them live. So we right. see how they're going. Right. That doesn't mean, you know, there's one certain way to do it, but we, we were prepared for him to just tear them all apart and build them back up. And it didn't happen. Right. So didn't need to, it was, right? it was perfect. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's, let's hear some more. Um, let's play another tune. And um, I'm here talking to Eric Chelland. Uh, he's uh, the singer songwriter from uh, the mascot theory out of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, their latest EP is called big blue EP. And um, here's, here's the next track. It's called fast car getaway. And you're listening to it on the sound on 89.5 KQAL.
Were you expecting there to be slow decay? Walking straight into a bright light as the final music fades. Take a bow, take a bow, take one last look around. Take the bow, take a bow, take one last look around. That was Fast Car Getaway, and that's a track from the latest uh, album from The Mascot Theory called Big Blue EP. And I have Eric from The Mascot Theory on the phone with me tonight. Um, Eric, so we just heard some killer stories about recording this album in Texas um, with Terry Manning. And um, sounds like just a blast. And, you know, and, and you were telling me how you guys pretty much recorded it live, you know, laid it down live and then did some overdubs. But um, I think it shows there's a nice high energy on this album that um, that is exactly what I experienced seeing you guys live, you know. So yeah, kudos, man. Great job. Great that, job. I mean, that's the goal. As, as yeah, a live band. As, exactly. As a rock yeah, and you're just trying to like figure out how can you possibly get energy into something that has no energy as far as from a crowd. That's just right, right. It's, yeah, and a volume. You don't control how loud they're going to listen to it. Obviously, right. you can take almost any album and put it on giant speakers or a car stereo and crank it up. It's going to sound pretty good. Right. What does it sound like live? Or what does it sound like yeah. when it's not loud? Yeah. And then does it still have energy? And that was, and I, as a vocalist, that was a big thing too that I was trying to focus on when I was doing my my vocals for all of it it was how can i really pump myself up every take to make sure that it, it has the energy that it would just naturally have live mm-hmm. which is hard very very hard to do from a vocal and because you're also focusing on well i gotta hit these notes properly and hit this <laughs> right? properly and yeah. make sure i hit this but also it's gotta have energy it's like a lot to think about but again the whole whole experience was just like flawless it was oh, just yeah. like Huh. I don't know. I, yeah, it's yeah, hard to describe yeah. a little bit, but it was after recording so many albums and so much material. And then just there's, you know, a bit of a validation for us. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's very self, self-serving self for us. But going into this situation, we all had nerves to the max thinking right. we're going to go work with this big time producer who's worked with all these artists. And mm-hmm. what are we, this little Wisconsin band coming down? How are we going to fare? Right. And, you know, we to come away with uh the amount of material that we had and the quality that it was and the fact that we didn't have to ch- didn't change anything really major coming out of that it was just incredible and you know terry gave us some amazing compliments about you know he's like, i don't think i've ever had anybody more productive in this band and that's oh, just cool. like wow you know that's a compliment so, yeah yeah so just the the amount the the validation that we got coming out of it was just i don't know it's just something we didn't expect right right it was good it was good awesome man awesome um you know and i noticed too uh it it looks like you've released most of these tracks as singles also um do you what are your thoughts on that like in this modern day of streaming (laughs) you know what i mean like because i like i'm holding the i'm holding the disc in my hand right now you know the mascot theory big blue ep which is rare these days and yeah exactly and a lot of times and people will listen to playlists so they'll hear like one or two of your tunes, but mixed in with hundreds of others. And yeah. personally, I mean, and maybe I'm just showing my age here, but I really like albums and like hearing how does an artist put these together? What order, you know, like what, what song goes next to what song, you know, I mean, I'm old enough when I remember having different sides to the album, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like singles versus like an album or EP? Do you think? Oh, I, I'm on your page. Okay. hundred percent. Like it's, it's to me when I, when I have a batch of songs, when we're working on an album, it's an album. Right. Um, this EP was different. This was kind of like, again, we have 15 songs that we brought back from Texas. <laughs> right. All of them, we got mixed all together. We put them as, as kind of one quote unquote album, mm-hmm. but the first track on big blue and the last track on big blue when i drift away and best is yet to come those are actually what we we in the band call kind of legacy songs they were on previous albums uh, okay these are kind of updated versions of them they got tacked on at the very end because we thought well it'd be kind of nice to have updated versions that sound more like what our live show is nowadays oh, um, right. so we did those two songs but they were never meant to be on an album so we were kind of, we've been shopping this album around a little bit to see see what the industry's like mm-hmm. which 
goes to your point like it's newsflash it's not really albums as much right, anymore. right. um which is you know that's very so, sad because right. that's how we've curated this thing but mm -hmm. i i knew that this album this bigger album was going to take a while to come out because we did want to give it time to see what's out there is it something we're just going to release on our own do we want to partner with some small label um, but in the meantime, I knew that we wanted to get some songs back up. We had removed all of our old catalog from Spotify, from the internet for now, because we really wanted to focus on this new sound and make sure that this was the thing that was the focus. Right. Um, okay. But we didn't have anything online for a minute. So I'm like, we need, we got to get something out. So, <laughs> all right. I, um, so I was able to talk some people, including Terry, who was also very much like album, album, album. This is the batch cool. that we recorded this needs to that's stick the record right right right. and that's the record and i'm like well I, I, this is a compromise we got to get some music out um we need to start building um and I, and the reason we released these as singles is that i just went ahead we had a lot of footage from the studio mm -hmm. um for pretty much every song i had a buddy down there just kind of very diy gorilla shooting camera wow. at whatever we could on whatever songs we were working on or whatever so mm -hmm. so i had a bunch of footage to come back and use so we decided to release these individually every month put a song out knowing that this ep would be kind of the back end of it that's what we're releasing but really they did come out as singles so we kind of did have to try to figure out how to be a little more modern but not completely just walk away from the album standpoint right this, right. this ep album is basically a taste of mm -hmm. what the bigger album is going to be and there's so much stuff on the bigger album that yeah and, and we are also thinking about the vinyl side of the, the a side oh, the b side like yeah. all that stuff goes into it when after the fact you know how do you even fit the songs on how do you fit them thematically right yeah. key from one to the next or tempo or totally. whatever you know but then also oh yeah you only have x amount of space on a side a and a side b technically mm -hmm. because of all these songs we recorded this this probably should be a double album okay but we are not rich so we are <laughs> right. definitely not going to be able to make a double vinyl album for this right, one but right. there there's some songs we may end up cutting off of it and just make them exclusive on the cd or on the sure uh, yeah, streaming yeah. and stuff but so we're figuring all that stuff out which but, is fun too 100 uh, like you said like i am so much about albums i'm so much about especially with this one because we did record it in this unique way that we've never done before mm -hmm. in a very weird situation that we never in our dreams thought we'd be able to do and we did it and now it's a collection that definitely deserves to stay together and be a thing right so, and we'll see well i'm sure we'll release singles leading up to the release yeah, of that yeah. because that's the industry you have to do that yeah and that's, and, that's and keep it going it's good marketing and as long as you're gonna release the album later you know i'm i'm cool with that you know <laughs> always so. always should be on an album right right yeah right well let's uh we gotta play some a couple more tunes here so let's get into that um i'm here talking to eric Chelland. He's from The Mascot Theory, and uh, their latest EP is called Big Blue EP, so we're playing through that for you. Uh, this is the fifth track on it. It's called I Need You, and you're listening to it on The Sound on 89.5 KQAL. My thoughts are spinning like a turntable Get out of bed when I am able These shaky knees are unstable Cause I need you My eyes go blind, it's so severe Like a dirty old broken chandelier My heart's so heavy when you're not here Cause I need you Day after day Struggle just to keep the pace Can you show me the way? Cause I need you, I need you I can't mine diamonds from a pile of bones Sift through the ashes of being alone Well if you're home just pick up the phone Cause I need you You are the sunlight shining on me One hit and I'm evergreen Cover up this misery Cause I need you Day after day I struggle just to keep the pace Can you show me the way? Cause I need you I need you Day after day I struggle just to keep the pace Can you show me the 
track from the Big Blue EP, which is the latest from the Mascot Theory. And I'm talking to Eric from the Mascot Theory right now on the phone. Uh, Eric, so, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about how you create this stuff, you know, writing, recording, things like that, rehearsing uh, the people you've worked with. Um, what about like what you take in? What what inspires you? Like what's uh, maybe what's in your player right now or what's something you've been into lately? You know, Oof, that is tough. I, I have this thing <laughs> because I am other people use the words, so I'll use it too. I think I am prolific in that I write. I can write a lot if I need to mm-hmm. um, or want to or have the time to. Um, and so the pandemic helped a lot uh, in ways of having a lot of free time all of a sudden. So there was a bunch of songs that were written then. Um, but I find that if I listen to a lot of music, I immediately need to run to my guitar and because uh-huh. I get inspired and want to write. <laughs> nice. So I actually don't, I try not to listen to too much music, but there are, that's, that's the goal, but it never works. You know? So a lot of times right. I just have to ignore these little nuggets that pop in my head uh-huh. or ideas. Cause right, I'm like, right. no, I'm just, I'm just trying to enjoy this Pink Floyd album I'm just, <laughs> for what it is. But you know, my favorite band easily is the Beatles. And okay. that's, that's what inspired me to want to do stuff. That's a pretty generic answer for most folks i suppose Beatles, yeah, stones nothing wrong with <laughs> that's, Beatles that's, and stones man yeah, yeah that anthology came out at the perfect time when mm. you know my parents were able to experience it again the beatles right. revolution again yep. and for and i was experiencing it really for the first time even though i'd heard a lot of those songs on the oldies stations mm-hmm. uh, i didn't get the inspiration to want to even pick up a guitar or start writing songs until high school when that kind of came out so that's always on my playlist of things to listen to. And then I really got into Pink Floyd. And, and again, the guitar playing of Gilmore was just ugh, just amazing. Right. And then, you know, I guess if you want to say modern, which is not really modern anymore, but Wilco is probably the, oh, for my sure. favorite, easily modern-ish band. Cool. <laughs> not really modern anymore. But right, 90s, yeah, yeah. But they're still kicking. They're still yeah, creating exactly. albums, which is awesome. So yep. them, I love Radiohead. I love, cool. I love a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, war on drugs right on yeah you gotta have variety too right you know so yeah yeah like i said i when i write i really have i don't try to pigeon tail what i'm writing i really am just like let it go where it goes and you know it's gonna have a voice on it whether it sounds like neil diamond or not (laughs) it's gonna have that voice on it always so that's always gonna tie these songs together my voice will tie it together yeah yeah tie it together for worse that's what it's gonna be so but if it's a very different all these songs even on this big blue ep from one to the next they're pretty different Mm -hmm. uh, i think yeah um and so it's 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 the type of thing where I just I'm gonna let inspiration come wherever it comes from, let the song go where it needs to go in my demoing process, and mm-hmm. and then always what happens it'll get to the the full band when we go to demo it it'll just get faster. <laughs> That's ah, always right, right, a little more rocking, right? Yeah, yeah, it, for it, sure. It's more live, and it's for like, sure this, this works. And there's like you said, there's a good variety on the CP, but also it sounds very cohesive. It sounds like a band. Because you guys are, you can feel and hear that you guys click like that, you know, which is cool. That's what it should be, what it should be. How should, uh, if people want to find out where you guys are playing, um, when the new releases are going to come out, stuff like that, where's the best place to go? You got a website? 
Yes, sir. We have themascottheory.com. Okay. That's going to have everything updated. We've got all the music videos from, uh, and there's many of them for like two or three for each song off the big blue EP. Those are all up on there. Okay. Um, Nice. Some of them are kind of found footage, Sonic Ranch footage from the studio. Some of them are just real weird, quirky post-it notes slapped together for a lyric video <laughs> i know i get really weird and creative i do video editing i'm a graphic designer oh, nice. so in addition to songwriting and crafting music i also am always thinking about videos and how to do more with the music right, you know? so right. that was one of the big things behind the releasing these singles was i'm not just going to pop singles on spotify and that's it we wanted to have videos to go with each of them multiple videos trying to see if that you know helps the algorithm Mm -hmm. the almighty algorithm exactly just wants to be fed content so we're trying to be modern in a not modern kind of way right right and just as creative as we possibly can yeah well that's what we're doing right now you got the album so i can listen to it in the car but then i can come home and sometimes i like to play old school mtv on youtube and so i can i can dial up your videos right and watch you know so that's i think that's a good strategy for sure well eric we're gonna have to go i gotta i want to squeeze this last tune in so um uh, pleasure talking to you um absolutely loved seeing you guys live can't wait to see you again and um, I scratched down here my notes vinyl and underlined it. Um, I can't <laughs> wait till you guys come out with, um, I can't wait to hear the rest of the stuff you guys did down in the studio there. And I can't wait to get uh, my hands on some vinyl of it. So yeah, thank you so much, yeah. man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. We'll do this again when we get that big album out too. Yes. Hopefully it'll be in, uh, I think it's going to be sometime in the, in the spring is my hope. Okay. Uh, so we'll cool. chat again when that comes out. Spring of 24. Awesome. That's the, that's the hope, knock on awesome. wood. Knock on wood, for sure, man, well. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, between now and then, I'm going to be watching out for shows, and I'm sure I will see you around. So, Excellent, yeah. appreciate it. TheMascotTheory.com for more shows, folks, so go check them out. Thanks a lot, Eric. Uh, this last tune is called Best Is Yet To Come. It's from The Mascot Theory's latest EP called Big Blue EP, and you're listening to it on sound on 89.5 KQAL.
blessing that stings when it bleeds You know that power creates and power deceives Thanks again to the Mascot Theory's Eric Challenge for joining us tonight on The Sound. To hear more from the Mascot Theory, check them out at themascottheory.com. For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6, right here on 89.5 KQL. You can also listen to past episodes of The Sound on your favorite streaming services. Find links at kqal.org. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've been hanging out, rocking out to the Mascot Theory's latest release, Big Blue EP, on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.